Live Fix. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And we're uh, we're happy to have everybody here on our show. Uh, what better music to bring us into our uh, our next show here? It's than, an Easter podcast. And the Rolling Stones, yes, Easter and uh, Easter Passer, live music uh, concert. Everything, man, everything. So we're we're here. We're we're excited. Uh, the Easter Bunny is uh, on the way. On the way over. Hopefully, you're. Uh, hopefully, the Easter Bunny is uh, a live music fan because, you know, having a good show is very important. Uh, finding a good show in your Easter basket. Make sure thing, if you're making important. Easter baskets at home, and you're probably and this, you're definitely a procrastinator because it's it's very close to then. But make sure you put some uh, live music in there. Absolutely. Some Absolutely. live music clips. You know, when we used to do uh, Easter eggs, you know, those little plastic Easter eggs, you know, that you used to hide, you know, and I, my mom used to put quarters and dollars in there. Uh, what better than to find some concert tickets, you know, folded up inside a plastic egg, you know, maybe have an adult Easter egg hunt. Or maybe if your parents and you're really cool, you're going to give your kids uh, some concert tickets that they can, you know, they can use or you guys can go together. So, anyways, happy Easter and, uh, Passover, whatever. Well, I hear that one of our whatever you're celebrating. I hear that one of our favorite music stores in San Francisco, yeah, is having an egg hunt. Amoeba Music. Amiga Music. Yeah, Yeah, they're having a little egg hunt inside their store. So yeah, awesome. Who knows? knows? So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about this show because, um, like the Rolling Stones were singing, you know, under your thumb. So what do most concert fans have under their thumb during a concert these days? Cell phones, mobile devices, mobile cell devices, phones, I right? Say. Right. I mean, yes. it's no longer lighters. You know, lighters, eh, not so much, right? Unless you're, you know, smoking something or whatever. But when you go to a show, everyone has their phone on them, right? And just like Mick Jagger says, you know, under your thumb, you know. And what better way to bring in the show than to play a legendary band like that? Because that 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 band is actually. In uh, at the center of one of the stories that we're going to be telling here in Live Fix. So we have our, our special guest, uh, Alexa Miller, from StagePage app. Um, very, very excited to uh, share the story of how that, got, of how that mobile app got created, uh, her story. Uh, you know, we'll get a little bit more into that, but uh, when we and asked it, her... If you're a live music fan, you, you better have this app. Yeah, this is this is a. There's nothing like. There's it. a lot of mobile apps, and we're going to get into the. You know, this whole show is about mobile apps. We're going to be talking about our favorite ones, unique ones that maybe you haven't heard about before, ones that we're testing out right now because mobile apps are coming out new all the time. You know, and there's a lot of ones for concert listings. There's all types of different applications that you can do for concerts. So we're going to throw at you a whole bunch of cool concert apps, and we're going to tell some stories about. You know, like Alexa Miller with StagePage, you know, she has a story behind how she got inspired and the Rolling Stones are at, a, are at the center of her story. So definitely want to stay tuned and, and uh, hear, hear how the Rolling Stones, you know, I, I think if Mick Jagger could have, you know, if fans, we were just, we were watching some of the, some of the fan videos um, of the Rolling Stones in 1966. I think if they had access to mobile phones, I mean, they, they would be tweeting. You well, know, yeah, they, they I mean, I wonder if they have phones, apps, right? if they have iPhones, or if they have, you know, droids. Who? Who? Rolling Stones. I mean, I just wonder what kind of, if they have smartphones or not. Oh, I think you know? they do. And I wonder if they have any apps. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So if yeah. you're related to the, the the band Rolling Stones at all, or if you're a fan and you cover, you follow them, they have apps? Do the Rolling Stones have apps? Yeah. That's an interesting question. Well, Mick Jagger, he graduated from business school. I mean, he has his, he's, he's a businessman, he's a rock and roll, he's a rock star, but he's, he's a smart cookie when it comes to 
the the business side of live music, which is probably why the Rolling Stones are still around and you know they're they're not just a band, they're a business, they're a brand. So I bet he does have a mobile app. If not, they probably have one fairly fairly shortly, right? So we got a packed show. We got lots of news. Been a busy, busy week for uh, live concert news. So we're gonna we're gonna blow through a bunch of uh, really interesting topics. Colleen has uh, once again come through and find some interesting topics that are very seasonal. So, uh, but before we get into that, uh, last show we talked about chairlift. <laughs> from Brooklyn, originally from Colorado. We had a chance to see them at the Empty Bottle uh, last Friday. And we weren't disappointed. No, they were And great. actually, I had, I'll be honest, I never really listened to any of their stuff. Yeah. Or what'd you, what'd you really think? knew what, I mean, I didn't even know this lead singer was a girl, to be honest, before I, what? she came out. So really? wow. I just didn't listen to the music. I mean, but I, I was thoroughly impressed and I may buy some of their music at some point. Really? That's how impressed I was. You may buy some music. Then you must have not been that impressed. So now you're considering. Well, if for, I'm for, considering. For those who who don't know Kylie really well, that that's a good sign. You know, to getting her to the maybe stage is really really hard. So, chairlift, you did a great job in convincing uh, my wife of. Uh, now it also was the first official concert that I went to, and uh, being pregnant. Yeah, so, so how, how was just that? kind of a, you know, we were... This is sort of like the podcast we're revealing that. Yeah, we have so. not uh, mentioned that before. So uh, Chairlift was the very first concert that we've uh, we've gone to with our our uh, new, you know, not new baby, I guess, uh, baby-to-be uh, on the way. So it's our first child and uh, very curious on how to, uh, you know, present that. You know, do you take it to uh, indie rock? Do you take it to hip hop? Do you take, the, you know, the baby to Do you dance? That? Do you not dance? I mean, right, you know, right. You know, I mean, we've been looking at studies and figuring out, you know, what uh, what, what, what happens, you know, with uh, influencing the baby. Do you listen, you know, is it all Beethoven right now? You know, do you put, some people put headphones on, you know, but there's definitely a stage that the baby goes through, through development, you know, because I've been doing my research, you know, as a, a good dad to be, right? You got to do your research. So, been learning that uh, you know different developmental stages of the baby, and uh, right about the fourth month or so, uh, the baby is able to uh, start hearing sounds, external sounds, whether that's your voice. So the baby music. might be hearing us doing this podcast right now. It's possible. It's possible the baby might be a Rolling Stone fan by the end of this. You know. Well, we'll see. Show. So we'll see. He might come. He might be, you know be coming out uh, or she. We don't know. Don't know the you know the, the sex yet of the baby, but in any case, chairlift was great. We had a chance to hang out with our good buddy uh, Eric Kolke again, you know, and his wife. Yeah, yeah. Who we officially got to meet, and yeah, it was. We great. we got to understand Eric a little bit more, and why you know him and his wife both love my, live music. It was awesome. We've always talked about you know in in our show, one of the shows where we had him on as a guest. He talked about how he puts his hand on the speaker. He wants to feel the show, feel the music. He didn't. There was. Very few moments during the show where he did not have his hand on the speaker. I mean, he's right up against the stage, feeling it in there. I almost had as much fun watching him as I had watching the band, and and that's and that's just awesome. So um, definitely go check out Chairlift. Uh, their new uh, their new album, I believe, is called Something, and uh, one of my favorite tracks uh, as we played in the last show is uh, Sidewalk Safari. So uh, the band 
Really great on stage, a lot of charisma, especially uh, the, uh, the lead singer, um, totally blanking on her name. But in any case, um, a lot of she does a lot of dancing, and there was a lot of um, uh, very kind of spiritual element to it. Uh, they came back after their encore and were doing uh, kind of a, a lo-fi, you know, intensity buildup, and fans right behind me were saying. Oh yeah, I love this song. This, this song, I, I do yoga to this song. You know, I was like, Caroline wow, really? Polchick. Caroline, am I saying that last name right? Oh, Caroline you got it. Polchick? Oh, there you yeah. go. Thank you for the interwebs. And Patrick Wimbley. Yeah. So, yeah. And this so this is was, actually uh, their sophomore record. Right. They have uh, their first record was uh, "Do You Inspire You" or "Does You Inspire You." So, uh, great, great show. They're uh, they're on tour. Go check them out. Uh, I love them. I think they're I think they're great. More people should check them out. Uh, the the uh, empty bottle show was packed. It was sold out. So, great show. Um, and we had a chance to use the uh, the stage page app during the show. We're going to tell you a little bit more about that. We'll, t- we'll get into that in an interview. But uh, we will. Uh, we're heading into some more uh, live music news. So one of the things we want to tell you guys about. We're always testing out new fan experiences, you know, new fan sites, things like that. One of our artists that we we enjoy talking about because she's, you know, she's a great uh, great stage performer is uh, none other than Lady Gaga. So uh, a few months ago we got on um, got on a uh, exclusive mailing list, mailing list or whatever. We went to littlemonsters.com and signed up, and I finally got my, uh, my access into that, which apparently Eric was already in there. No, no big surprise, right, because Eric is he's a big Gaga fan. But um, I have thoroughly enjoyed my time hanging out in LittleMonsters.com, and I think it's one of the great, um, uh, one of the one of the coolest uh, fan sites that I've that I've seen in there. Um, as far as getting you right and getting you engaged, because what happens is that you get an opportunity to uh, you know ask questions and answer questions about add yourself, add photos, add photos, all these kinds of things. So. Fantastic. Uh, we're going to be talking and uh, reaching out to the Little Monster uh, creators a little bit more because I think what they've done in connecting the live music experience to the overall fan experience of being you know, a little monster is fantastic, and we want to dive a little bit more into that. So it's been, uh, been really cool. So the next thing is, um, you know, it's hard, mem- it's, it's, it's hard remembering songs, you know. And there's been some controversy with uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. There's a story here. It's on uh, Polestar.com that we came across. And apparently um, there was uh, somebody who wrote an article saying that why is Bruce Springsteen using a teleprompter during the show, you know, to remember lyrics. So that news got out, right? And it's like, I mean, have you seen, have you ever seen somebody use a teleprompter in a show before? I have not, but I, sometimes it's hard to see. Do you, have, do you have a problem with that? I mean, do you? Do you sometimes it, it's hard to see mm-hmm. that from where you're at. I mean, I think it's more your your bigger stars that have massive amount of music catalog. You know, a lot of a lot of these kind of up and coming indie artists. You know, they kind of a select. They don't have so many songs to remember, right? Right. And the other piece. So is the bigger the, artists, the more albums, the more. Uh, the more leeway you give in having Absolutely. a teleprompter. Absolutely. I mean, if you've got that many songs with that many lyrics, I mean, unfortunately, there are artists, if they don't use the teleprompters, they forget their lyrics. Mm. And how awful is that now? Do you think age has anything to do with it? Absolutely. Mm. I think so. I mean, 
Um, I vision, remember vision seeing, and memory, maybe you know. I remember seeing the Grateful Dead um, in 1995, their last show, and Jerry I re- had a teleprompter. I remember Jerry. I didn't see a teleprompter, but I remember huh. uh, people while the music was going on, look looking. I remember someone whispering to me, "He's forgetting lyrics." Oh, he didn't remember his lyrics. Through the lyrics, and I remember a Mm. lot of people after that show that I've talked to that were there had said the same thing. That actually were closer than I was. Mm. Said, you know, he he just wasn't with it. He did not. His lyrics were bad. He was mumbling through them. It's, he wasn't, it's, it's you know. tough, man. The, so, you know, when you I think look, the older the, right. the the older the less. Yeah, absolutely. You and, there, remember. and there's other factors too. You know, depending on the artist. You know, I mean, there's no there's no hiding the fact that you know over a course of an artist you know lifetime, if they're using, you know, like say they don't even use drugs or alcohol or heavy you know use of those things. I mean, those have an impact on your brain, right? I mean, the cognitive cognitive ability that it takes just like if you're not taking any kind of drugs, the cognitive ability that it takes to play an instrument, do it well, and sing and remember and do all those things. I mean, we're talking like massive amounts of cognitive ability, right? Absolutely, and coordination. I mean, all kinds of things that start to deteriorate when you get older. Mm-hmm. So I do think that um, you know that that it happens. So I'm okay with teleprompters. Yeah. So what had happened is that uh, the uh, uh, Nels Lofton actually shot back a response to the person who wrote the article and said, hey, teleprompter, we're using it because they actually have a lot of interaction with their fans during the show. They try, they have a thing called Stump the Band that I guess the E Street Band does, and they, um, you know, they rely on that teleprompter to work through those lyrics, you know, and say, hey, you know, if this is a song, they, uh, you know. Kind of like karaoke. Exactly. I mean, I'm guessing. <laughs> I, guess. I mean, obviously, it's I guess, the original you know, artist. It's but... an interesting, you know, it's an interesting thing to talk about. You know, so uh, maybe we'll have a whole show about teleprompters and live music, right? I mean, definitely. So, so it is. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Easter Bunny. You mentioned Easter. So, teleprompter. But there's also something interesting that happened. you had found. Um, yes, absolutely. The New York Times uh-huh. wrote about uh, the Bruce Springsteen concert. But not only the concert, but he, they also wrote about apparently 18 people gathered around a table in the upper reaches of the Madison Square Garden on Friday night. And I guess it was a, um, a restaurant that's connected to Madison Square Garden, like where you can still hear the show. Huh. And So they're enjoying a meal and they're having a Seder. They're having an actual Seder. That's awesome. And this happened on Friday night. Um, and the Bruce Springsteen crowd... Filled inside, and they were actually they actually had started while they were doing their seder. Huh. And the plan was that they were going to finish the seder and then go to the concert. That's fantastic. And so a lot of the people showed up with some some business kind of casual, and then some people actually showed up with Bruce Springsteen shirts to the seder. Huh. And part of it, um, <laughs> the person who had decided to put this all together is a forty six year old Warren Rosen. Um, he's the owner of an insurance company who has attended about 200 Springsteen shows. 200 Springsteen shows? Starting in 1980. Wow. Okay. I wonder if this is the first time he's had a Seder before a Springsteen show. Um, I believe this is the first time that he, the, the two worlds were conflicting for him. He uh, had the Seder he had to do, but he knew Bruce Springsteen was in town and he just, he had to go to that too. So he decided he was going to do it as close as he possibly could 
And then he followed up afterwards. Um, the, everyone at the table, the 18 individuals, went to the concert. After. Wow. See, that just shows you. I mean, the live music experience is absolutely a spiritual you know, experience as well. Because it's like, you know, people's lives are being changed. And here we are, you know, having, uh, you know, Jewish concert fans having the opportunity to connect an intensely spiritual experience to going to a concert. So that's, that's fantastic. It was, he actually booked a private room at the Answorth Prime, a restaurant on an upper level, and invited friends of all faiths on Facebook. Huh. Awesome. So it sounded like we it was a great, gotta have him great on the time. We got we to have him on the show, right? Love I mean, to have him on the time. That's the next step, right? And I also, um, he, had, he had said that he did not talk with his rabbi first. So he's not quite sure if it was the kosher thing to do. but um, so He's kind of going out on a limb then. Absolutely, yes. Faith. Uh, he was going on faith. <laughs> right. He was going on faith. You know, but there's, unfortunately, there are situations where, you know, there's um, forgery and lying and cheating attached to the live music experience, uh, which brings us to our next live music uh, news story. Taylor Swift, you know, we all know Taylor Swift, um, country star, pop star, you know, literally taking the uh, pop music world by storm, um, and People know that her name can get a lot of money. So what, what had happened is there's two, two uh, again, according to uh, this po- uh, Polestar report, we have a um, two New York men were accused of conning a Los Angeles businessman out of $375,000 for uh, allegedly trying to promote a fictitious Taylor Swift concert. The end of, it happened at the end of March. And there's some, there's some felony charges, grand larceny, and possession of, of uh, forgery. Wow. Uh, involved, and of course, the guys who are doing it uh, looks like uh, Derek Robin, uh, Derek Robinson, and uh, Emmanuel Bentil are uh, denying all charges. Wow. Well, that's that's the caught. business of music, he unfortunately, that it gets really messy and gets dirty and um, gets people into a lot of trouble. Our next mu- uh, news piece here is uh, Lollapalooza. We're we're on the uh, you know. Fringes here of uh, the summer music festival. Coachella is kicking off in a in a few days, and then it's just it's gangbusters right through the summer, all the way through, um, you know, through Lollapalooza. But what's happening is that uh, Lollapalooza, uh, for those of you in Chicago, you know that Lollapalooza has been kind of held accountable for the situation with their contract and not paying enough to the city of Chicago. Um, so what has happened is that they've restructured their contract. And they will be paying more money to uh, to the city. But you know what happens when they have to pay more money? They raise ticket prices. We have to pay more money. Right. The they attendees, the fans so, are the ones that really suffer. And so, therefore, what happens when the tickets are so high? But the, but stage, but the fans feel, stage crashing, gate crashing. But the fans feel better knowing that their money is going to improve the parks and... Such hopefully, yes, hopefully. I mean, yeah. local Chicagoans probably feel that way. Right. But it's the people that you have come in just for the music and, like we met right. last year, the Gate Crashers. Yeah. And it and seems actually, like the Gate Crashers have doubled. Well, that's what, that's what they're doing is that they're kind of restructuring how the dance, uh, the dance tents are so that it's harder to get in to, uh, to the shows. They're going to have higher barriers. So watch out, you gate, you know, gate crashers. I mean, we had, uh, 
our, our friend uh, Steven that we met who was a gate crasher, uh, it's going to be a lot tougher this year, it looks like. So hopefully um, we'll still have some stories uh, to share. But um, better watch out. Ticket prices are up. And, you know, they're um, – well, the interesting thing about Lollapalooza is that even with their hike in the ticket prices, they're still uh, one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest, uh, music, summer music festival of their size out there. So all these other ones, Coachella, Bonnaroo – um, Bonnaroo's four days, Coachella is over three days, and they have camping involved. Lollapalooza is not a camping festival, but if you were to put them all together and say who was the cheapest still, Lollapalooza at $215 um, last year, now hacked up to about $230, is still relatively the cheapest one if you, you, know, if you compare them you know, if they weren't camping. So kind of interesting stuff, and uh, we'll, we'll be taking a little bit more into that. I'm sure a lot of fans got some uh, live music stories that we'll be, uh, we'll be sharing. So it's baseball season. First pitches have been thrown out of, out of the year, and one of the things that we're experimenting here with on Live Fix is uh, live music and baseball. They go hand in hand. So we've written a couple of experimental posts about uh, the history of the Beatles, and we want to hear from you guys. Um, have we given them their, uh, what do we got there, our uh, special live in call? We've got a live We have a call-in number, right? Fix yeah. call-in number. Yeah, 773-609-4341. And also you can always tweet us at... Uh, Live Fix Media on Twitter, and uh, let us know what you think about this experiment. So if you go to livefixblog.com, we'll have all the show notes, and we have a post in there about how the Beatles used ballparks during their to their, make it uh, big during their sixty nine you know their 60, 64 to sixty six uh, tour. And what was interesting about that? There's this infographic that we found, and, and that's in the post, is that majority of the ballparks that they played in the next game after the Beatles left. The home team, 90% of the games, the home team won. So there's a lot of games going on, um, you know, more and more, uh, or uh, concerts going on at Wrigley Field, you know. And as a Cub fan, I'm really hoping that when Roger Waters comes through and, you know, all these other bands that, we, you know, that they've set up to, to play at Wrigley Field throughout the years, one, I'm wondering, because I don't have any stats on this. I mean, I don't know, Colin, you're a Sox fan, have you? I don't, I don't see many bands playing U.S. Cellular Field. No, I think it's maybe... Why is that? I don't know. Maybe because it's not as close to... Location? The, I think it's location. There's an ambiance. I think it's location, and I think it might be kind of the surrounding area. Right. I'm guessing. There's not a lot of restaurants. Wrigleyville kind of has its... I mean, they probably make a pretty good set. Like when Dave Matthews played there, Jimmy Buffett, I'm sure they made... The restaurants in that area made a killing. Right. You know, people ate before well, or after but, the show. Right. Well, how does it? I'm wondering how does it impact the the game, right? I mean, we got to look at some stats and see. Does it make the ball? Does it make the cups better? Does the essence of a live music experience on the field? I don't think you can ever make the cups better. No, you don't. They're they're, they're kind <laughs> of just a losing so, team. Huh? I'm sorry to say, but well, it remains to be seen. I mean, I think it's it's really hard to say who has a better team this year, Cubs or Sox. You know, and maybe it's that edge when Roger Waters plays. Later this year, maybe that's the edge that the Cubs need to be better than the Sox. You know, because it really comes down to it. The Cubs really suck this year. At least if they have a better record than the Sox, I'm fine with that. But again, I'm not a Sox hater, but I definitely want to know how is live music influencing my favorite team, the Cubs? Is it making them a better team or is it making them a worse team than they already are? No, I think they're a great team, but what's the impact of live music? If you guys got stats on that, if you're you know you're listening and you're like, oh, I already know all that, let us know. Drop a post or drop a comment uh, on the uh, 
on the post. Our next piece here, uh, it's it's sad, but um, we love doing. You know, when it's when, when it's time to do a proper tribute on Live Fix, we do we do tributes, and what better than to pay tribute to uh, Jim Marshall? Colleen, I know you're the Marshall Amp, right? The Marshall Amp. So you, I mean, you've seen when you, when you see the Who, you see uh, Jimi Hendrix, these bands. You know, when you're uh, you, know, you see the footage. Um, one of the things that Jim Marshall, uh, in some of the uh, articles I was reading, uh, you know, that were commemorating him and paying tribute to him, was that there was a a time, you know, that he had a conversation with Pete Townsend, the, the uh, guitarist uh, of the Who, who's obviously well known for trashing his guitar and, sm and you know, stabbing his guitar into a uh, in into the amp. Well, funny backstory on that is that, uh, according to one of these articles, is that Marshall asked Townsend not to um, stick, you know, he could trash the speaker, but only he just stuck it into the cover and didn't stick it all the way into the actual cone, you know, the uh, felt cone, because you could replace the uh, the edge was, you know, that, that covering was easier, easier to replace. So if you think that Pete Townsend is really trashing things, he's really actually, he's he's held himself back to protect the amp, wow. to save money, you know. That's uh, it's kind of an interesting backstory, but um, we uh, we pay tribute to Jim Marshall and everything that he's done in uh, making the live music what it is. I mean, again, when you go to a show, you see those big stacks of speakers, amplifiers, all that kind of stuff. I mean, live music would not be what it is without without him. You, I mean, the Jimi Hendrixes, the Pete Townsends, all those all the bands that have used the Marshall amp. So, Jim Marshall, thank you for doing what you've done. We salute you. And um, rest in peace. Yes, re re absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna tell some stories now. And uh, when we come back, we're gonna look at uh, our top mobile apps, top picks, ones that you guys are gonna want to download probably as you're listening to the show. Alexa, thank you, thank you for joining us. This is uh, fantastic to have you on the show and talk about a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, and I know uh, many other live music fans. So thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much, uh, Chris and Colleen, for inviting me on. I'm, I'm thrilled to talk to you today. Right. So uh, tell tell us a little bit about you know we uh, you know we were mentioned earlier. We kind of stumbled upon uh, Stage Page. Uh, we love what you guys are doing. You know the the idea of bringing together. Um, you know, telling stories on an app, you know, all the types of media and all the kind of stuff. How did you guys come about, you know, how did you design and what was the, what was the inspiration for, uh, for stage page? Sure. So it's something that's pretty fun to, to reflect on. I, I grew up with music being probably the most important thing in my life. I, I, my father, um, grew up in, in the area area, excuse me, um, in the time of really great bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and it became a huge part of his life. And um, when I was young, he would get me to make sure that I was up to speed on all of the history that he felt was important to rock and roll and to concerts. And uh, so it just became a part of, of my life. And I started going to concerts at a young age and, and really 
having it be a, a part of my my best memories and and, and upbringing. And as I, I got older, I probably didn't um, retain as much as I would have liked to in terms of um, some of the tangible things from shows like ticket stubs and set lists and and to some extent pictures, although back in those days there wasn't a lot of, of picture taking. Uh, at <laughs> kind, the, of, kind of a little, it's uh, definitely increased over the, over the years, right? Absolutely, and that and that's part of what lended uh, the the idea to to stage page of of iPhones and and that culture that you see so much at shows now. But just uh, about a few months ago, maybe six months ago or so, I was going through old drawers and um, shoe boxes and and places where you tend to kind of throw some of these memories into ticket stubs and things and. Reflecting on a, I, I did at one point make a, a, a conscious attempt to save some of my uh, more important set lists and things like that. And I just thought, man, I really wish I had a, a nice big organized book that really told stories about some of these incredible concert experiences I've had, and or at least the ticket stubs in mm-hmm. one place. Because also, I think with uh, printing. Uh, printing tickets instead of having actual stubs as as we get older, I think you kind of lose some of that um, sentimental feeling about the stub, and so I, I stopped saving a lot of those. And I thought that's that's really a shame. And and I started thinking more and more about you know what I have with me at, at concerts, and and the common theme in the past few years is I always have my iPhone. I'm always trying to capture a few videos of a few good pictures. I try to take a a picture of the venue and thought, okay, (laughs) here we go. I'm going to have a phone with me anyway. Let's make this easy. And is there an app that exists to really be able to um, kind of compile all of this information together with the ticket stub kind of in the, at the focus of all this um, so that we that big time concert goers can hold on to this. So I started searching uh, what concert apps were out there. I found a lot of really neat concert apps that I didn't know about, and, and certainly learned a lot along the way. But but really didn't see anything that was um, exactly what I was wanting, which was basically to create a memory page, or I hate to use the word scrapbook, but in a sense, that's what it is, mm-hmm. book page of, of all of these great shows that, that, that we go to. Um, and so I, I started talking. I'm not a, a uh, developer. I do not know how to code. <laughs> that was not something I was going to be able to create on my own. Um, but I did have a lot of ideas about how I wanted it to look and, and design ideas and function ideas and thought if I can find the right people to build this, I think there's going to be a lot more people just like me that, that will really, um, have some fun with it. So how did you, uh, that's, that's a good point. I was going to ask you, going to ask you about that. Uh, as far as the team that you had, um, what was the, uh, how did you go about that finding the right people and, and what, what's the, can you give us an idea of what the team is like, you know, behind stage page and, Kind of how you guys came together, and you know how it how it works now as people are, have started to to uh, to use it and experiment with it. Absolutely. So I, I 
I interviewed a lot of people. I, I had some different ideas of how I wanted this created. And ultimately, I, I was able to find an incredible group out of St. Louis, which is where I live, called Integrity St. Louis. And they they build websites, they do uh, marketing, and they build uh, incredible mobile apps as well. And the reason why I chose them is the entire team that was going to work on stage page were complete music fanatics. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, you know, a little bit younger than I am. And so I had some, um, I think some, some creative perspective that was really going to add on to what I had, um, and, and was as passionate at, if not more about the project than I was. So they really brought something to it. Um, you know, from that twenties kind of hipster perspective that, uh, as much as I would, I would like to say that that's my uh, demographic, it, you know, I'm a little bit older than that. And so I, I think it was, it really shows in the design. I think one of the best things about the app is that it is pretty cool and, and, and edgy. And I think w- will appeal to, um, even the, the biggest hipster as well as, you know, maybe somebody a little bit older. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that, you know, that's a great, great point because, you know, we, in, in the way that we cover live music and talk about stories too, you know, that's one of the things like, you know, we, we cover all the, you know, we, all, all the concert stories are, are valuable, whether it's, you know, 50 years ago or, you know, 50 seconds ago with that. And I, uh, it sounds like you guys have really thought that through and how you can appeal to concert fans, you know, on a, on a high level, but still make it, you know, a, a very personal experience while you're, while you're using the app. Uh, what, what have you guys learned so far, you know, and how people are using it? Yeah, I mean, one of one of the most important things, and we we figured this out along the way, thankfully, is how simple and how intuitive this needed to be if people were truly going to use it at a show. So, you know, if you're in a dark venue that's clearly going to be loud and you don't want to be too disruptive with having your phone um, being lit up all the time, it's got to be quick. It's got to be really, really easy. And and I think we've accomplished that. I think there's a few more things we can do to make it even simpler. Uh, and I, I definitely have some plans for that down the line. But I think the the most important thing we learned is is how how easy it needs to be in that environment. Is there anything that you guys actually had to cut that you liked and it just didn't fit with this app? I had <laughs> so many ideas <laughs> at, at at almost every meeting. They just had to say, "Okay, we're we're in phase one, Alexa." <laughs> <laughs> Um, in terms of the, the, the final kind of, um, scrapbook page type of, of product, there isn't a lot more that I I would want to add. In fact, you know, one of the things that's interesting with this is in a way it's, it's a tiny bit controversial because, uh, there are people that get really irritated with (laughs) fans having their phones up for the whole show. That's definitely not what I wanted to encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason why I think this is so good is that, you, you know, at a concert with your iPhone, you're probably not going to be taking award-winning pictures that are going <laughs> to end up on the cover of a magazine. There's exceptions to that, and I've seen some incredible iPhone pictures taken um, at, at concerts, but 
there's, you know, I think there's an annoyance level with people taking 200 pictures from way back in the, um, the back of a stadium that, you know, you can't see anything that's going on. And, and with this, I think it really encourages you to pick either the, the very best of what you have or just take a, you know, a handful of pictures and, and together within this kind of collage page, it's going to be cool. It's going to look good. You can pick a great background. You can have your stub there. And it, it becomes um, kind of more than the sum of its parts rather than just a bunch of pictures that all look the same. So I I didn't want to add too much more to clutter it up in terms of the actual page. Um, but there are other things I, I, I eventually want to add without giving you know too much away. Sure. But um, you know, for in terms of having more of a database within the app, so that there isn't as much typing that has to occur, and you can select venues or select bands. Um, so that kind of stuff, I, I fully intend on intend on adding, and and really wanted to right away, but realized we really needed to start with something extremely basic. Make sure that there was a need for it, and then kind of move on to some some other cool stuff down the line. Now, what's interesting about the way that you guys have designed it that, that really stood out to me, and, and this is kind of the, one of the things that, you know, we, we play around with all types of, uh, you know, concert apps, and they came out, you know, you probably researched a bunch of these too, you know, seeing how, you know, a, a lot of them are, you know, they're attached to your iTunes calendar yep. or, your, or your iTunes library. It's all about concert listings and, you know, finding the right concert or, you know, going to a spontaneous concert or, you know, hooking up with your friends and going to a show. And a lot of the con- a lot of the apps out there don't focus on, you know, giving fans the best opportunity, the best platform or experience to tell their story in context of what it was like for them at that at that given show, and just focus just on that moment instead of, you know, the uh, you know the discovery aspect of how you can use mobile at a you know at a show or mobile during the live concert experience. You guys, um, it was really interesting to see how you guys have developed. The, you know the app to give fans the best opportunity to tell their stories and say this is this is why this show was was meaningful and uh, and I think it it drives them right you know right into that that uh, that experience you know absolutely and and that was another thing we really learned I did some surveys and things of of people who took picture you know brought their phones to shows that go to a lot of shows and and found that about 80% of people who take pictures and are using um, uh, their phones at a concert want to share these things and they they're posting them on Facebook or they're tweeting them out and so that was extremely important within the app to not just kind of have this information which is great to have your own you know little diary or scrolling journal of your shows but to be able to share that with those who would who would care whether it be your friends and and that's another thing in terms of the stage page vision someday that I'd really like to see is kind of advancing that uh sharing of 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 these stage pages sharing of the stories and creating more of a community so that, um, you know, people have maybe a single place to go to uh, ask each other questions or reflect on the show and, and you know, almost a, a, a music type of, of Facebook. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of the things, I mean, just, you know, in the first couple of weeks that we've been playing around with it, one of the things I've had the most fun with is, uh, you know, thinking how, like, the... Uh, uh, the, the set list, the part where you can type in the uh, 
you know, what it was like or the, you know, the, your, the, the noteboard part of, uh, of stage page. And right. I think it's really fascinating because what, one of the, one of the things that we've found most valuable in live fix is, uh, people coming together based off of a certain emotion that they've experienced at a show. So like some of our most popular posts are about people experiencing joy, grief, or some type of other shared, shared emotional experience at that show. And one of the things I thought about how that would relate to what you guys are doing is, you know, some type of uh, search functionality that would pull data from that noteboard and saying, mm-hmm. you know, like we like the the note that I put in for for our chairlift show was about, you know, how this this show was our first uh, our first uh, you know show you know, with uh, you know with our baby on the way, you know, and how that. You know, we're probably not the only people to to express that at a at a show, and when you have those people sharing those things, and they can you know they're doing it on the stage page app, and then they can not only talk about the music that was going on in the stage and and gather around that, but they can also gather around the fact that they're all feeling that same emotion or having that shared experience at that show, and I think that's that's one of the things that gets me excited about what you guys are doing and and seeing you know, the next development. I don't know if that's in the, in the, in the database or how that would work, but that's, that's something really cool that I think a lot of fans would, uh, would enjoy. I know I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd eat it up. I'd, that, I'd that really is, valuable. That's just a fantastic idea, Chris. And, and, and along the lines of having a da- a standardized database, being able to get keywords and somehow tag those to be able to filter them, um, instead of just going to, you know, pulling out a, a band that you want to see the different stage pages about or have conversations to, to get more into that psychology <laughs> of the show, I think is just a, a tremendous idea. So I will credit you <laughs> if we decide to do that and maybe use you as a consultant. That's fantastic. I think another um, awesome idea for the notes is because um, I recently actually I've been playing the guitar for a while, but recently really started looking at what people are doing on stage as far as how they play. And so I can only imagine if there's other fans, you know, in the audience just writing like, this is their technique. I was at, we were at that cheerlift show and there was um, one of the guitarists like pulled out something from his pocket and like played it across the guitar strings. And I, I looked like a straw or some kind of little plastic piece but it's just that kind of stuff to just document you know it right. really is just documenting a history capo. and and maybe you know being able to pull down words like capo and and do a search and and to or talk about a slide technique or i think that's really a great idea especially for people who are musicians themselves and probably pick up like as you did on things that that most people probably don't recognize yeah, yeah, it's uh, th- this you know the the whole mobile emerging. You, you talked about you hit on the you know the the controversial aspect of it, you know, and it's something that I know Colleen and I have had conversations about it. You know, I talk with other fans about this. You know, the certain habits of uh, uh, the old you know the old school concert fans, or you know maybe it's not even old school, new school, but it's like is a mobile device, you know, intrusive at a live show or is it just becoming part of the show? It is, you know, it's part of the fan experience. You know, if we could tape these things to our hand or, you know, uh, sew them to our hands, we would probably say, yeah, go ahead and do it. Cause you know, so it's like, it's not, I don't think it's as intrusive as it used to be. And people are getting more and more 
you know, used uh, to that. But um, it, it just seems that, you know, with what you guys are doing, that's taking that step, you know, that step closer, you know, it's taking one step closer to, to that where it's not really, it's not so much about the mobile app, you know, I mean, you, you see people holding them up and things like that. I think it's, you know, I think it's time for, you know, fans to not be, actually, Colin, we were, we were kind of talking about this. It's more the bands sometimes being, you know, we've, we've been at shows where bands kind of get annoyed by or the promoter or the, the venues or, you know, mm-hmm. venues will actually stop you from doing that. I mean, I, I can't imagine that that's good for, for a concert venue to, to stop fans from promoting a, a show experience at their guy's venue, you know, but yeah, um, well, you bring up a great point and, and it's something I also had to consider in this app and, and get, you know, legal counsel <laughs> about it because there are some artists and there are some venues that absolutely don't want any recording and, um, some will tolerate, you know, small tidbits, which is strange and seems a little bit arbitrary that, you know, you can tape five minutes of a show, but you can't tape <laughs> the whole show. Um, and, and, you know, I, I can understand that. I think it's about finding the right balance of making sure that you can get some, some quality memories and, and what you need out of, um, you know, what you're recording, uh, while respecting obviously what they want. But I, I think one of the things I also see for stage page is some partnerships down the line with venues because, it, you know, and, and with artists to some extent, if, if people are going to be blasting this stuff out in a way that's, you know, pretty visually appealing and, and can get to a lot of people about how incredible a show was or how great a certain venue was, that's only going to bring them, you know, more business and bring more attention and exposure to them. So I think there's some opportunities for the fans and, and these apps and, and, and the bands and, and venues to kind of work together, you know, to, to help everyone. Absolutely. Now, if you could go back to any of your um, first memorable concert experiences, which one would you bring this app to? <laughs> Great question. Um, and I've been thinking about that a lot, and especially on kind of being upset about losing some of the, the ticket stubs and, and memories from the past. I think probably one of the, the coolest and maybe most important shows I, I've gone to was uh, seeing the Rolling Stones when I was 15, when they were uh, still relatively young and sounding fantastic. And it, it was just, it was really historic for me. And, you know, I have nothing to, to remember that show by except for, you know, kind of trying to replay it in my mind. And um, I would have loved to have had that whole, uh, a stage page for that show, that's for sure. What, what was it about that show? What, what things, uh, you know, would you, you know, what, 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 what was it about that, that show, was the, the people you went with or what happened on stage or what, uh, yeah. what, what are you, what are you pulling, you know, most, the most emotionally from that, from that show as, you know. Great question. So I, I kind of talked about how my, my father has been so influential in, in kind of, um, forming the importance of, of music and, and live music and concerts in my life. And, and the stones growing up was such a, you know, I'd heard of them. I listened to all of their CDs and tapes, but the the prospect of actually seeing them in person, <laughs> I, I didn't think it would ever happen. Uh, I think at that time they had come on tour after a long time of of not touring, and um, 
it was such a surprise in the first place that they were they were touring and they were coming to St. Louis. So that was that was the biggest part. And it was a, a, a birthday gift. And I got to bring some of my friends and, you know, my dad was going to be there as well. And I thought that was fantastic. And then uh, they played at the old Bush Stadium outside and in such another sentimental ve- uh, venue to, to St. Louisans, if you can imagine. And mm-hmm. and so it was just this grand, huge scaled uh, experience. It, it was the biggest concert I'd been to at the time and, and definitely the biggest name and everything about it was just, um, you know, I, I will never forget it. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, 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 I think we should have mentioned this at the beginning. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Cubs fan. Oh, and, <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, I do congratulate the St. Louis, uh, community on the world championship last year. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, too humble or proud to, uh, or, you know, too proud to say that. So congratulations. On, Thank you, Chris. Maybe, maybe after 103 years, maybe, is that what it is now? 103? I guess. Yeah. I stopped, like, I stopped counting at like 98, 99, but yeah, it's <laughs> something like and I'm that. I'm a Sox fan, so I love the Cardinals that they won. Excellent. Huh? Excellent. <laughs> I actually, I, I, uh, I root for the Cubs. I root for the underdog. I, I love the rivalry with the Cardinals, but if, if they're not playing the Cardinals, I, I, I will root for those Cubbies. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We 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 were just doing a uh, a, a little post infographic on the uh, the Beatles tour and how they're playing at the big uh, the big stadium. So I know Wrigley Field has been, you know, a, a spot where a lot of bands uh, bands have played. And I think you uh, in the demo of the uh, the stage page app, uh, you referenced the uh, Dave Matthews Band. Right. Exactly. At at, at Wrigley, is that uh, what other what other shows have you? Uh, have you started to experiment with, you know, since you guys have, uh, have created it? Sure. Yeah. So that one I, I did retroactively and I, I thought that one made for such a great stage page, pretty vibrant and colorful. And, um, that I think it's really important. And I try to encourage people who are using the app to, to not just take the pictures of the bands themselves, but you know, if it's a cool venue like that, especially get a, a picture of the sign and, um, and help, bring that memory back of, of, of the venue. And there's a lot of fantastic venues, especially in, in Chicago, I know. Uh, so I, I did a lot of them after the fact with the pictures that I had stored in my iPhone. This year, um, in in real time, I've done uh, Ryan Adams. And, and that actually was a show at a, a fantastic venue in St. Louis called the Peabody Opera House. Mm. And both the artist and the venue requested no pictures be taken of of the of Ryan, hmm. and I I still feel like uh, I and, and my friend that I went with were able to create really cool stage pages. We were able to get shots of his guitars on stage and this beautiful architecture of the venue and and the stub. And so it is possible to create something pretty fantastic, even if you find yourself in in that situation. Um, I've also stage paged OAR this year. Uh, and, and they're going on tour again. I, I tend to <laughs> to uh, be attracted to those bands with uh, really incredible diehard fans where there's a ton of energy in the crowd. Those are, are really fun shows. And then I was down at uh, South by Southwest for a very short time 
uh, in Austin this year. I was hoping to to spend some more time there, but I um, I, I was able to see the Counting Crows and and get some some good uh, memories from that as well. So. I think with uh, festival season coming up and um, some of these summer tours, uh, people will have uh, a great opportunity to really experiment with stage page. And and, uh, I I certainly will plan on making as many as I can as well. So um, this is one of the last questions here that I'm going to ask, but do you think it's possible that, um, you know, I'm obviously a photographer and, um, I do, I've done, I've got so many, so many pictures of shows and fans. Do you think there's a point to where we'll have just too much pictures and, and just media, almost like media hoarding of things? And that is, that's such a good point, Colleen, and that it's kind of getting back to my point before of, I mean, if I at any given time look in my iPhone, I'd say 80% of my my pictures are concert pictures. And on my Facebook page, there are way too many concert pictures. And those are just the ones I, you know, have deemed uh, good enough to, to share. And so I think we do need to start paring this stuff down. Uh, which again is part of what stage page does because it it really does limit you to just a handful of pictures to hold on to and I, I don't think that means we have to get rid of of everything we have um, but I think it means we can have uh, you know just the best of the best of what's out there and not be so overwhelmed by the hundreds and hundreds of pictures that we're taking at these shows. Yeah, so what's interesting about that is that we've we you know we, we've talked about that about you know this massive amounts of media that you know fans are creating and putting up there and just you know picture upon picture you know YouTube uh, you know all these types of things and one of the kind of emerging trends that we've kind of talked about and you know seen in other ways is you know putting meaning to these experiences you know and that's kind of part of what we do on Live Fix which is kind of interesting but. I was wondering what you thought about that as far as, you know, putting context to, you know, uh, to a concert experience uh, or at least getting concert fans and you know, people used to saying, hey, you know, uh, instead of taking gobs and gobs of pictures, be selective. And while you're taking pictures, think why, you know, yeah. or yeah. why, why would you do this or what's the story, you know, behind it? And it seems like that's where you guys are taking that that experience which which is kind of interesting you're guiding the app guides and right. i think that's awesome that's the piece i really love about the app is it's guiding you as far as what kind of media to use what's important to capture what right do, what do you what do you think about that that the concept of you know the context of meaning and you know and helping that being a part of you know this paring down the overload of, of media and, and what people are generating yeah, I, I think for true music fans, that's the single most important point. And it's the reason why people are taking pictures and taking video in the first place. Again, they're, most people are realizing they're not getting the best shots they could possibly get of these artists. It's about the experience. And so if you can take it one more level and we can encourage people to translate, you know, why am I taking this picture? What am I feeling? Uh, you know, what song was playing? Whatever it is to create more of a concise but meaningful experience in, in a memory, I, I, I'm really, you know, I, I will be proud of that because I think that um, that's something that lasts a lot longer than uh, 70 pictures from the same angle <laughs> that, uh, 
that you know might be kind of interesting for the person who took it. It certainly might not have meaning for the the, the viewer um, who who happens to see it. But I, I think if I can even create some more um, some more ways to ask specific questions, like some that you have posed, rather than just kind of putting it out there that people should comment um, on, on their shows, then I think that will bring it to the next level. I, interestingly, I've, I've had a few, uh, I, I see these stage pages that get tweeted and some that are on Facebook, and I'm not seeing the best um, verbiage in, in the place where you can, can write in uh, how you felt about mm. the show. And I think as I start blogging and giving tips and, and making advancements in the app, I think that's probably one of the most important things I'm going to need to emphasize. And I, I'm hoping people will, will thank us for it later. That's kind of interesting that, uh, that you mentioned that very, very similar to, uh, you know, some of the behavior habits we, you know, we've seen in fans and it's just, it's just a fascinating concept to kind of, uh, you know, look a little bit more at and, you know, that, that's what you guys are able to, uh, kind of encourage fans, uh, to do. So, um, Alexa, this is a fan, fantastic chat, and we will, you know, as you said, you know, you're going to be developing the app more and more and keep it, uh, you know, keep it evolving. Uh, we'd love to have you back on and kind of talk about the evolution and maybe even share some of the most creative uses that you've seen so far with the Stage Page app, you know, and, and uh, as you begin to blog and kind of develop uh, more of it. So thank you very much for, uh, for coming on the show and uh, sharing their, uh, your stories with us. Well, thank you so much again, and, and I love what you two are doing. I appreciate it so much. Welcome back to Live Fix. It was a great interview. It was. Very it exciting, was. and I felt like we met a new friend. It was. It was. Uh, Alexa, great, great chatting with her, and uh, this is a fantastic topic. I mean, talking about mobile apps, talking about how fans use them at shows. I mean, it's mobile apps are, are not going away anytime soon. They're only getting better, and they're only getting more integrated into how we experience. And they keep changing our experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're allowing us to, uh, to do that. So now it's time. We're going to get into our uh, top mobile apps, the ones that we use at shows or we're currently experimenting with or ones that we've kind of discovered in the midst of creating the show. So my first pick uh, for the um, mobile app is uh, one that um, we've talked about before on the blog. Uh, it's uh, by Wolfgang's Vault. The uh, live music archive site, um, fantastic uh, place for. There's uh, almost not a live show art, that's know. happened that's not not on there. I mean, there's a lot of music on there. Lots of bands, lots of bands. I mean, uh, they do a really good job of you know getting the classic shows for you know from the Who, Grateful Dead, Jimi Hendrix, AC/DC, uh, Santana. You know, I've been hanging out on them all the time. And the way that I use the Wolfgang mobile app. Uh, I use it in the car. I hook it up to uh, my speakers, and you know I can listen to a live, great live show. Uh, you know, a dead, dead set. And I love the aspect of what Wolfgang's Vault does is that they have intros, you know, from uh, people at the shows, and just they um, they also do a really great job in the actual app. So if you're listening to the show, you know, on your headphones or in the car or whatever, you can actually, you know, there's a, a spot where you can click on it, click on the uh, um, it's kind of like the album cover. And there's a uh, a great synopsis, uh, music, you know, music writing summary of what that show was. So you're not only just listening to the music and, and absorbing it, reliving it. You actually get to learn about it. So, like for example, I was listening to something about uh, 
um, ACDC, and of course I'd listened to ACDC shows before, but this little piece, it, it showed me something about the band that I didn't know. So the Wolfgang's Vault, top of one of my favorite apps that I uh, I love to listen to. I've listened to them, you know, at shows, in the car, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's my first pick. Colleen, what's yours? What's on top of your list? One of my first picks is Band Page. Band Page. Band Page. Um, it is associated with Facebook. It's an app that kind of connects the two. Um, but basically, the idea is that you can be at a show waiting for, um, I think the last show we went to, we were waiting at least 15, maybe 20 minutes for the next band to come on. So mm-hmm. you can kind of research if you don't know the band that's coming on or if you just heard them and you, loved it, you heard a song you loved, you can actually research a little bit about the band. And then also you can download any um, music Right, right to your phone or i you know i your iphone your android your ipod any of that stuff if you have it at your show you can just download it hmm. so awesome very cool, cool app and you can find out all kinds of stuff about the band you actually can watch videos too excellent while you're waiting excellent. so so it's band page band page band page cool mm-hmm. all right my turn so when we go to shows uh and a lot of the footage that we are uh uh, different uh, episodes that we've made here on the, on the podcast, I've actually pulled those from live concerts that we've been to. And the main way that I do that is I use a, uh, a uh, iPhone mobile app called, um, called Fire. And basically it works in conjunction with um, a, uh, an iRig mic that I use. So I have a uh, really great field mic that I plug into my iPod Touch. And I use the Fire app to get um, fan interviews right after the show, you know, their fans are excited, so I usually uh, stop and, you know, chat with fans and kind of pull their experiences into the into the show, and then I also, during the show, I'm able to get really good quality, awesome audio from the actual performance, and I put it all together, and I use the Fire app, uh, it's extremely intuitive, you can edit right in line, so um, if you're, if, you know. Make sure you have a Mikey, though, with that. So uh, actually, actually, it doesn't work with the Mikey. Oh, it doesn't work. With no, Mikey. it does not. There's a different app, uh, which is the blue, the Blue Fire app. works Works great with that. But yeah, because my but you I should actually have lost. some. Yeah. But you should have some kind of. You're yep. talking into something, a microphone. Right. Well, the uh, the latest generation, the iPad or the uh, iPod uh, Touch, uh, fifth generation, has a ex- really great external mic, but. This iRig mic that you can plug in, it's an external mic, kind of takes the takes this app to the next level to get really good audio and really good um, you know interviews, field interviews with with fans. So you're able to get quality interview. If you're if you're a uh, the other way that this app gets gets used is for artists on the road. So if you're on tour and you want to record a song, great for the uh, for the tour bus. You know while you're while you're traveling to record or kind of get. You know the, uh, the and you and you can you continue to use blue microphone. That's sort of like your microphone that you that you use for. Uh, not not entirely not not with not with this one. This is uh, my blue Mikey. I actually lost at Lollapalooza. Haven't gotten that back, but I'd love to get a, another one if we can make that happen. Uh, I just think it's important for our listeners to to get some ideas because we may have some listeners that really want to become. Recorders, right? And if you right. want to call them live recorders or tapers, or right, right. So I think it's important for them to know what's what's out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's. Uh, I, I have used the iPod Touch before with the latest generation of the Blue Mikey, which is another external mic. And another great external mic is the uh, it's the iRig that I currently use. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, it's like a microphone that it, you know you'd actually use 
in a uh, in in a show. Uh, but you know, I use it as a field mic um, for kind of man on the street uh, interviews with bands. So, um, but the main app that I use for that is the Fire app. That's the app that's actually on the iPod Touch. So, what's your next app? My next app is the Dring app, D-R-I-N-G. And it is actually an app that you can, um, if you add a live show, um, or you're with friends or wherever, you can actually make your own ringtone. So you actually download, record a soundbite, and then you can actually make that your ringtone. Hmm. So how cool would that be if you captured some live music moment or sound and that became your ringtone. That would be really cool, you know, because the, the whole ringtone thing is really funny because people have to personalize it. You know, you always get to learn a little bit about somebody if you're, you know, if you're in a meeting with somebody, you're hanging out and they get a call and you hear, you know. Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas or your favorite song. And you're like, wow, really, uh, you know, I didn't unusual. know that was your favorite music, right? So what better than to have your own, your last concert that you were at, that is your ringtone, you know, as a, a great way. And you're like, hey, you were at that show? really cool how was it or hey i was at that show too so instead of you know not having you know sharing the same recorded studio album experience you guys are connecting through the live show so if you guys want to take in uh you know turn your live concert experience into a ringtone and you experiment with that with this uh what's it called during during yeah let, let us let us know so we always have the uh the line is always open at 773-609-4341 and we're talking mobile apps here, and we're uh, coming to uh, coming to the end of the show, and we got a couple more uh, mobile apps, and some we'll breeze, uh, blast through a little bit of uh, honorable mentions. But the next one that uh, that I like to talk about is called In Concert, and this is kind of an <laughs> kind of an interesting one because uh, you know as we talked about in the interview with uh, with Alexa, you know a lot of people see the mobile app or the mobile experience as intrusive to the live music experience. You know, artists kind of say, hey, you know. Don't stare at your phone. Stare at us, you know. Or don't don't text. Uh, look at the stage, you know. Focus on us, you know. And or you can take a picture for the first song, and then you have to all put your phones in your pocket. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, you know. Because if, if bands, promoters, and everybody, and you should really know that. You know, and I thought a lot about this, and we'll get into the details of the in concert app. But for a moment, it's like you know, if a fan is tweeting or facebooking. Or doing something about you know that's not necessarily staring at the stage, but they're looking at their their phone and and they're taking their experience, what they're feeling on the inside, their mind, their heart, whatever, and they're turning that into a tweet. Why would you want to stop a fan from doing that? That's part of the concert experience now, and it's part of you know gets into marketing, it gets into you know user generated content, all these that, kinds of and things. And that's what the in concert app is doing. They're sort allowing of, sort of sort of um, in a in 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 some ways. What, what I like about this app is that it's really – it's giving fans specific things to do and it's connecting to specific things that help a band develop their fan base and give fans you know, the opportunity to be really engaged. What I don't like about this app is that the, uh, you can actually have um, pre-populated tweets and Facebook posts to keep people looking at the stage. So – Instead of it being real and organic and, you know, genuine, this app actually creates, you know, kind of like when you're checking into uh, uh, Foursquare and it automatically populates saying, I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm here. That's cool for Foursquare, but why would you want to give somebody the opportunity to just say, hey, you know, I'm feeling this way or whatever. Why, why wouldn't you want to just let them truly express themselves 
they're taking, you know, it's like, just because someone's not looking at the stage doesn't mean they're not engaged, right? I mean, music is a is an auditory experience. So, you know, it, it's really kind of weird. But what I do like about this app is that there's some really cool functions built into it. For example, you can allow fans to log in during the show and you can connect it to uh, giving the fans opportunities to do uh, charitable donations for artists. So you can have, you could have, you know, something like say a a big thing up on the, uh, uh, on the screen saying, Hey, log into this. Now we're working with this organization. Like say it's like a rock for kids. uh, So this is an app that the the artists would need to be a part of and have to lead. Right. So it's an app that the that the artist would use, and it would say, "Hey, we're doing this show. We're using this app. Download it. We built these functions uh, into it, and it's specifically designed to engage fans." You know, it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit controlling um, for the fan experience. But again, like we were talking with Alexa, we're in such an experimental stage right now with mobile and how that's changing the concert experience. I like what these guys are doing within concert. And I like to see this get developed and see how fans are enjoying this and kind of, you know, we got to have them on the show, right? I mean, this is a great app. So it's it's called In Concert. And if you're an artist, if you know if you've uh, experimented with this or you have thoughts or ideas about you know these types of apps being created and you know whether you would actually use something like this or you would just go, come on, this is ridiculous. You know, we want to know. So again, we got our. Uh, and if there's something else out there, you know, if there's another app out yeah, there or yeah. something we don't know, maybe you're creating an app and we don't even know about it, and you want to give us a heads up on it and. Um, please, by all means, contact us by Facebook or visit LiveFix, mm-hmm. blog.com. Absolutely. So a couple other a couple of apps. We're not going to go into huge details on this, um, but we still want to give them a little bit of a shout-out because we do enjoy them. We have been testing and experimenting with them. So our first one, kind of honorable mention app, is called Scavenger. basically allows you to do these uh, little um you know kind of like, like scavenger you know treks mm-hmm. yeah they're called track scavenger hunts where you're doing specific things and really fun app to experiment with for bands kind of like a treasure hunt sort of but like a scavenger kind of hunt. scavenger hunt yeah scavenger you're, hunt. you're going around trying to look for specific things and yeah um it would be awesome to see more bands involved and venues involved yeah with that app great great so the next one is uh, Super Glued. So we've uh, stumbled upon this one and kind of experimented with it at all. It's got some social f- social features and uh, some badging elements as well. So I definitely want to see if you guys have used that one. Um, obviously, Foursquare um, has been you know upgraded and you know integrated. Uh, I've loved to use for I've loved using Foursquare because I've unlocked certain badges like the VH1 behind the music badge, the Moonband badge, and um, I'm a huge badge freak. You know, and I, 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 I love you are the, kind of like a four square closet addict. Yeah, I think. Well, well I don't I'm, know I'm if it's of, closet no, because I, everybody knows. I mean, everyone sees it. You know, posted. Right. I but, think badges are amazing because we specialize in exploring the psychological element of live music, and there is nothing more psychological about the gamification or the badging concepts. And I think Foursquare and it partners with. Companies like VH1 and those those types of brands to make the live music experience fun and kind of gamify and create little custom badges for music fans. I think they're onto something. I think that's we're going to continue to see more from that. So great, great stuff. Foursquare. You can always unlock specials. Like venues have uh, 
you know, different specials that you can drink un- specials. Unlock. Right. If you're the mayor of like Metro Food specials, or, appetizer specials, right. you know, all that you, un- kind of you unlock certain stuff. So cool, cool stuff. So the other thing is, uh, mog.com, uh, mog.com. Uh, I love their mobile app. Uh, I use it all the time, uh, to listen to live tracks. Very, On your way cool. to a show, you can actually be play DJ. Yeah. You're on your way to your show with a bunch of friends. You play DJ you can all the time. impress them with all of your great finds. But don't listen music. to the band that you're going to see. Absolutely. That's a no-no. Right? You never should be... I mean, this is just one of my pet peeves. This is not everyone, but you should never listen to... See, I don't agree with this at all. But before you gonna, go to the show or after the show. I just don't... There's got to be something wrong with that, but... See, I, I don't agree with that entirely. I think there are benefits to listening to the band before the show. And one of the ways you can do that is with Mog.com. You know, I think it's they're, they're really solid, solid mobile app. Uh, it's great, you know, for fans to kind of again, if you're in between sets, you can just plug in, listen to it. You know, or if you're at a show and you know, it's great for discovery. They got a lot of mainstream stuff. They got over eight million, nine million songs, I think, or something on there. And if you're uh, out there and you're listening, good stuff. Please call in or email because I really feel like I should win that argument. I don't think anyone should be listening to the band before or after. Yes, yeah, you guys think about that. Let, let me let me. I'd know. like to know. know. Um, I, I feel like I have more people out there that would would back you think me so? up in that. Yes, you think more people would agree Absolutely. not to listen to it? What about Absolutely. what about after the show? Absolutely not. You just heard them. Why do you need to hear them again? I don't quite understand that. Emotions, Kyle. Nah, I don't. Emotions. I, I don't. I don't agree, but. I mean, there's so many bands out you there. Why keep can't you reliving put another... that? Reliving that experience, man. I think we got to have a show about that. That's uh, that's what I'm smelling here, right? Well, so, I think we need to get some feedback from the listeners. Before I think so we have too. A show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the last app that I think everybody should start using and experimenting with, because I've had a lot of fun with it, it's called Layer. It's actually it's spelled L A Y A R. Again, we'll have links to all this all this stuff in the show notes. Uh, at livefixblog.com, but uh, Layer is a great app. It's one of the augmented reality apps that um, basically allows you to um, play around with different augmented reality. It's basically a, um, uh, a a device. It's built into your camera, and you hold the camera, you hold your your phone up, and things start to pop up virtually uh, through the screen of your, of your phone, things that are, that are there. So what I've begun to do with layer is connect, uh, I was at the pitchfork festival and Tom Petty concert was going on uh, a couple blocks West at United center. Um, so what I was able to do is people that were tweeting, there's a, a function where you can turn on and, uh, you know, kind of pick up people's tweets. So people's heads were kind of popping up in this little virtual, uh, screen that I had up. So I was looking at people in the front row enjoying LCD sound system, and then I moved, you know, about 180 degrees in the direction of the United Center, and I saw people enjoying Tom Petty and tweeting about Tom Petty. So I was able to, and then I I connected one person who was tweeting about Tom Petty and one person who was tweeting about LCD sound system, and we were all saying, hey, how's it over there at, you know, Union Park? How's it in the United Center? Fantastic way. We wouldn't have been able to have that shared experience and kind of like, meet up and learn and share all that kind of stuff without this augmented reality app. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. I think that's about it. I think that's enough for now. I think that's enough for... I'm addicted to mobile apps, concert mobile apps, and I think that's why we could go on and on and on with this show, but we're cutting it out right now because we're we're good. Are you good, Kyle? I'm good. I mean, I think that's enough, and hopefully they enjoy the apps and... 
um, until next time until we can share some more yeah yeah so again thank you guys for listening thank you for uh, thank you to Alexa for joining us fantastic discussion uh, again go to livefixblog.com for all the show notes and again follow us on Twitter at uh, livefixmedia we're on Facebook as well and uh, thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time